got flow. We just ask questions, talk, conversate, be real, help the people. It's all good. You and your element. All right, cool. You and your element. <laughs> <laughs> so almost everybody, actually, no, everybody on here knows you. There are a few people who just can put a name with a face but don't really know you, know you like maybe some of us do. So if you could just kind of tell the people a little bit about it, about yourself and, um, yeah, we'll go from there. Okay. Well, uh, my name's Famey, last name Allende. Uh, I'm 34, married to my lovely wife Daphne. Been married for eight and a half years. Been together. Got three kids, two Ooh. girls and a boy. And uh, that's pretty much it. Okay. All right. It ain't nothing else you want to tell? No, nah, I'm pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's move into it. So, you know, with identity 139, what we do is talk about um, learning who we are in Christ and what our purpose is. Also understanding that we hit speed bumps and roadblocks along the way that may sometimes cause us to question who we are, lose focus on, uh, on who we are or who God is, and maybe even not even fully grasp what our purpose is. So one of the things that I want to talk about was grief because grief does have a significant role sometimes and um, maybe some of us believing, still remaining, uh, still choosing to believe who God said we were and what he called us to do, even though we hit this spot of grief. So what I want from you is if you could two things, I'm asking you two questions. One, if you could just break down what grief means to you in your personal experiences and in your own personal study and share a time that you're comfortable with us that you, um, experience grief and it um maybe redefined or reshaped maybe your outlook or just a pivotal moment in your life where you experienced grief and it maybe caused you to take a different step if you will I'm trying to use the right words okay so what i think grief means to me is like you said it's kind of almost like a deep i feel like it's almost like a deep depression it's like a deep sorrow I believe that's pretty much what it is. And I think everybody goes through grief sometimes in life. I think grief is continuous. I mean, it, it might not be your turn to grieve in this season, but the next season there probably will be, or you might just came out of a at the end of the day. But I mean, I done had several situations where I didn't had to grieve. Sometimes it's not always like a physical death. I know sometimes people, you know, family members die, loved ones die, something like that, and people go through a state of grief. But sometimes it can be a career dying. It can be a friendship down. It can be a relationship. Down. And I know for me, that was my first state of really grief was not even losing my best friend physically, but just losing that connection. I had a best mm -hmm. friend since we was in sixth grade. And, you know, after high school, you feel like you still going to be friends and go off and thing. I went off to college and he stayed at home. And we literally just took two, two different paths. And I blamed myself for a long, long time because I'm like, man, if I would have just probably stayed at home, First of all, we probably would have been close. He had started doing things that I'm talking about. We never, never would have done. We, we talked to each other, said, man, we ain't gonna never go down that path. And he was actually doing those things. So I beat myself up a long time. Like, man, if I'm just, if I would have just stayed at home in our hometown where we were from, you know, it would have been better. Me and him could have still kicked it. We could have still chilled. And like, that was my dude. And I didn't understand why God would have us go live two separate ways. And it wasn't even an issue or a blow up or a single thing that happened. We literally just got on two 
different paths. And I would reach out and try to connect. And sometimes I would pull up and it was just different. It just wasn't the same like we were in high school. And I think that was my first time actually experiencing grief. I'm like, okay, this is real. And at that time, being a guy, nobody really tells you how to deal with emotions. You know, the household I come from, my daddy Nigerian, so he was tough. Like, I only seen the man cry literally one time in my life. And that's when my grandmother died. So we was taught really, never really show emotion. That's, that's kind of weak, you know, if you show emotion. So that's how we grew up. So we never was, me and my brother, kind of in touch with our, um, I guess, our emotional side until we got older and we grew on. Okay. Wow, that's good. So um, when that happened, um, how did that make you feel? Like, not only as a, a man, but a, a friend and just overall compared to where you were in life because i know as friends growing up y'all had plans to do things together i'm sure y'all yeah. talked about doing things together like you know oh we gonna have this apartment or we gonna do this we gonna have this car woo, woo, woo. and when it kind of began to have a fork in the road how did that make you feel like literally i know you you said you kind of blamed yourself but aside from that as far as you looking at yourself, did you view yourself any differently? Did you view the path that you took differently besides just if I would have stayed? Like, did you, if I would have stayed, I could have done this? Or was it mainly just if I would have stayed, maybe I could have prevented him from going on that path? Like, how did you feel in totality when that began to happen? Honestly, man, I was depressed because the thing was, you know, that's when social media had just emerged. So, mm -hmm. I saw all uh, he was kicking it with all the homeboys we used to kick it with. And I'm like, dang, like they all still kicking it, you know, all still high school friends. And here I am, like literally the only one on a separate path. I was the only one who went out to East Texas to school at SFA and Nacogdoches. They all stayed kind of in the Dallas, most of them was in the Denton area between UNT and the community college up there. So they all still kicking it. I'm seeing them post pictures and everything every weekend. And so I'm, I really fell into a state of depression. I'm not gonna lie, it, it depressed me because like man, and my friends, why, why can't I kick it with them? Yeah, yeah. Did you ever find yourself getting like, because for me with grief, it can come in many shapes and forms, like you said, like depression. It's like an emotion, if you will, because you could even get mad. Did you ever find yourself getting angry during that time? Like, I know I feel left out and it, it hurt and I'm depressed, but did you ever find yourself getting mad? Yeah. I think everybody goes through those stages. Like you said, it's depression, it's sadness, and then you get mad. Because you know, at that time, I didn't understand, like, why am I different? I felt like I was always different. I knew I was always different. But, you know, at a young age, sure, nobody want right. to be different. You want to fit in. It's easy to say when you're grown, oh, you were called, you were born to stand out, all that. But when you're young, you want to fit in. Standing out is not a good thing. You know, you get right. talked about, you get broke, all that for standing out. So I wanted to fit in. But even trying some of those things, I, I always had that urge or that feeling like, man, I know I'm better than this. I'm not supposed to be doing this. But yeah. I would do it anyway. Because, yeah. again, you want to fit, especially where I come from. You know, my whole situation, my brother probably can attest to this too. You know, it, it was almost like a split. My dad is Nigerian. My mom's from Texas. So I got the African name, but I don't speak the language. So back then, it wasn't really cool to be African. You know, you get the nicknames, African booty scratch, all that. So I'm like, okay. The, the black kids, they really didn't accept me like that. But then the Nigerian Africans, they didn't accept me like that because although I got the name, I don't speak the language. Mm -hmm. So I'm literally was in a land of my own. You know, the wow. only thing really that time that saved me that was a cover-up was sports. Because when you play sports, you kind of in the crowd. 
But even yeah. then, I would feel like an outcast. Wow. Wow. Now, is that how you and your friend met in playing sports, or that was just, y'all just grew up together? Yeah, that's how we met playing sports in the city of Arlington Basketball League. Okay. Um, and so, in that, did you go to, did you go to college playing uh, basketball? No, I didn't go to college to play basketball. Uh Okay. Okay. Um, but okay. So now you're at this fork in the road, you went to college, the friendship is kind of, um, fading away. Um, where did that leave you as far as your identity yourself? Where, where, where did that leave you then? Because I know he wasn't your only friend, but that was like your, your ace. And so now you're in college, of course, it's a different set of people. I'm sure you met different mm -hmm. set of people. Then, but then, but before those relationships, to form where did that leave you as far as fame me here pretty much don't know really know nobody but here you know what i mean yeah i honestly didn't know who i was you know i'd be doing research and studies they usually they said that between the ages of 18 and 25 and really that's the that's when you find out really who you are and i kind of agree with that you know what i'm saying because you go out to college or you don't have to go out to college but you out of high school most time you're out of your parents house man you can do what you want so you run into a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds doing a lot of different things. So you kind of find out, okay, this is what I will put up with. This is what I won't put up with. This is what I will allow. This is what I won't allow. So when I got down to school, I met a bunch of dudes from Houston. So that's who I was hanging with, a bunch of guys from Houston. And they, oh. they were different. They were different from Dallas people. So that's who I really started kicking with. Cool. Okay. All right. And as far as um, the grieving part, about question is how long did you grieve the relationship and do you find yourself still having moments of grief for the relationship man i um i probably still grieve the relationship i literally just saw my one homeboy post him the other day and the thought came back like dang like i ain't seen that dude in a while and the crazy thing is we we make plans sometime he'll reach out like hey let's set up something let's kick it and it always falls through. I didn't invite him to church numerous times, invite him to service numerous times. And then I'm gonna show up, I'm pulled up. And that's six, seven years ago now, you know? So, and we, we still haven't connected. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's all good. You know, I went, uh, I drove past his house one time and I, I just I just stopped by and his stepdad answered the door. He wasn't there and his stepdad invited me in. And we had a conversation for two hours. And that's when I really got my release because the stepdad just told me like, Fami, look, I know you love my son, but y'all want two different paths. You just got to keep going and doing what God has called you to do. And after that, that kind of gave me freedom. But I still do. I still reminisce sometimes. I'll be lying if I say I didn't look back when I yeah. see different pictures or I see my homeboys kicking it. Yeah. Do you believe that even in this whole entire um, grief process, do you think that anything was birthed, feel something was birthed out of you in this, I don't want to call it a separation, but the separation <laughs> was anything birthing you from it i mean i don't know what else to call it i couldn't find no nah, that's really what it is no nah, you you kind of learn who you are as a person i think when it happens i really under i kind of not that i understand life because i'm still trying to figure out the balance of life but what i did realize is man in this path sometimes you can walk together and sometimes you got to walk alone i was always yeah. used to running in groups like I always used to being in a clique because you play sports so that's the group you hang with or right. even when I went to college, you know, a group of boys, we formed uh, YFF. I think it was Young Flying Flashy. Then I formed, <laughs> got into another group, 
FBI, you know, Flyboys Incorporated. Like I was just in all these different cliques, you know what I'm saying? And once all that left, it's like, okay, dang, like those cliques, they don't last forever. Those people, they go different paths. God's called you to walk a different path. So I can only walk with them to a certain extent. And then there's an intersection. We had to go our separate ways. So that's what I've learned. Even now that I'm older, it's some people that are just seasonal. I have to understand that. Some people, hopefully, are long-term. But there's some people it's seasonal, and you just got to understand that what comes with the territory and appreciate that. Can't be mad or trying to hold on to a person when God told you they're seasonal, and you're trying to force it to be something that is not. Yeah. Man. So do you think that um, it, grief like this, because that's one of the, the hardest things is grieving a relation. That That is, especially when you know that it's genuine and it's real, and but then there's like a it's not over, but there's like a, a, a fork in the road. I keep calling it a fork in the road. I don't know what else to say. But it's like a fork in the road. Do you do you believe that that type of grief can not alter, but cause one to maybe um, have a skewed uh, vision of who they are, understanding of who they are due to the grief? Do you think that that's possible? I definitely think it's possible if you allow it anything's possible if you allow it you know if you're not in the right mental space you're not in the right spiritual state man anything could skew your perspective because if you got grief if you having relationships and they keep ending like that with fork on the roads even though it's not a blow up eventually you're gonna probably look at yourself in the mirror like okay it must be me if these mm -hmm. different relationships keep ending this way right so yes yeah and do you so do you think that so in that i'm glad you said that so that's a good one so could it be that it's the person if they keep ending it that way or could it be something else i mean i know only god can really answer that question but i do want to pick your brain about it because it it will make itself <laughs> you know if you're like okay this is like deja vu this looks familiar this is happening again and when i recount all of this i am the common denominator so it gotta be me yep. these were stages of my life have i remained at the same stage when it first happened or what's up like why does this continue to happen yeah it's definitely gonna make you have that moment of self-reflection anytime something continuously and keeps keeps happening you definitely gonna reflect and be like okay is there something that i'm doing or is there something i could have done better in this situation or this circumstance in order to improve you know the end result you know could we have continued on or did it have to end and like yeah. I said, at the end of the day, only God can answer that question, but hopefully he reveals it to you. Sometimes it's just not meant to be. Sometimes we force things. We might have ended a relationship like that with the fork in the road. So the next one, relationship we get into or friendship we get into, because the other one ended however which way, are we really going to make this? We really going to force this one. Even though mm -hmm. the relationship, friendship probably shouldn't even got to a certain point. But no, we're going to force it because of the way it ended last time. A lot of people stay in relationships like that. A lot of people stay in marriages like that. Yeah. But let me ask you this. So before you, um, after this happened with your friend, how quick were you to open yourself up to accept genuine friendship and brotherhood from others at college or elsewhere without taking that grief with you and letting that grief be what pushed you to form a bond? You get what I'm saying? Like, you know how yeah. we can grieve hurt so bad we just want to be friends with somebody we just want someone to feel the presence of what someone else wants feel like how how did you move in that because i mean you got friends 
So how did that come about after that? Was it easy? Did it take time? Did you have trust issues? Like, were you on guard? Like, tell us about that transition out of this uh, lifelong, pretty much friendship into new possibilities. No, it definitely put me on guard. I definitely had trust issues. You know, Drake had that song called uh, No New Friends. So that's <laughs> what I was listening to. I mean, hey, and I was living by that for a moment. So I realized, like, no, you, you need new friends and new opportunities. You're going, God's going to bring you in the presence of different people and new people. But at that time, it's like, no, I don't, I don't need new friends. If it's not my old friends, I really don't know people's motive like that. It probably ain't going to last no way, especially when you're in college. Everybody, you know, once you graduate or once you fell out, drop out, or whatever happens, most people either go back home, they either move off, they might go to the military, might go to the service, whatever. So you feel like those friendships are not going to last, they're not genuine. Especially in college. In college, the, the school I went to, SFA, most of do is sex fun and alcohol. So you had one of those in common with everybody. Mm -hmm. But once you leave that school, once you leave that atmosphere, it's like, okay, now what? So yeah. you're not really kicking up. When I left SFA, I didn't leave with none of those friends. I'm going to be honest. We friends on Facebook, but none of those people are my true friends that I call up like today and speak to on a regular basis. Like none of them. Wow. Wow. So would you say they, they were seasonal, um, but would you say that they, were they like fillers for your, your, for your uh, best friend? Or was it just someone you just happened to have something in common with? And we, we just made it work for these, next four years is that kind of what it was or did you actually have yeah, I, I connection with <laughs> it was a little bit of both it was fillers for my friends because obviously i'm not driving back home it's like four and a half hours away so i wasn't just driving back home like that every weekend so it's fillers for my friends and it was you know hey we have things in common because i was hanging with that houston group but once that houston group kind of got broken apart i started kicking with some guys from fort worth so just bouncing around from different cliques until that four years pretty much was up. Gotcha. So how did you get through uh, the grief um, with, um, I don't want to call them filler friends, but whatever. Filler friends. How did you get through the grief with the filler friends? Still staying focused on um, your studies in college, still making room for Famy to get to know Famy, to grow as Famy, to leave, you know, a print. How I need to leave a print here, and still thinking about your future. How were you able to get through that? Because like grief, man, that 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 can take. That's I don't want to call it a mental thing, but it can it can consume you. That's what I'm trying to say. It can consume you and distract you. That's what I'm trying to say right there. It can distract you. So my question is, was there a period that you allowed it to, to distract you? And how did you get through it? Talk to us about how you got through that grief. Because it's easy to state it. I, I, I'm grieving, this hurts, blah, blah, blah. But how do I get through it so I can get to this other side of it? You know what I mean? Talk to us about your experience in that particular situation. I mean, most of the time when you grieve, especially being young like that in college, there's all kinds of distractions. You just turn to whatever, you know. Yeah. You know, I never, I never was a drinker, smoker, nothing like that. But I was, I was chasing girls. I was partying. It's a fact you can have a party literally every week. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, every day of the week is what I meant to say. Literally, you mm -hmm. can find a party. But what cut me straight and narrow is also the fact that I had a Nigerian parent. So we was always taught to make good grades. Like I knew, hey, I'm yeah. I'm down here to graduate. You know, I ain't yeah. trying to get beat. Like a C and a B was like, like failing to my daddy. Like that was like, yeah. you know, people be proud of C's that they've had. No, 
you come home with a C, that's like an F to my dad. Yeah. So, I always had my dad in the back of my mind. Even though I'm doing, I'm partying, I'm wilding out, I'm chasing girls, doing whatever, you know, I can visualize my daddy right now. Mm-hmm. My daddy, sometimes he still strike fear in me right now. And I'm 34 <laughs> years old. Like, that's the type of effect he had. And it's not, yeah. I'm not going to say it was a good effect. You know, it was good and bad. It was good because yeah. he taught me discipline. And to yeah. this day, when it comes to school, education, I'm big on education. But it's that other side with fear. Like, I, I really, like, feared him growing up. And it wasn't, the like, the fear of God. It wasn't the healthy fear. But to deal with grief during that time, you find all kind of distractions. Of course, you're doing school work, busy work. Again, social, I told you social media was, Facebook literally came out that year, I feel like 2005 or around mm. 2004. So that took us to a whole nother level. So yeah. figuring out technology, it was all kinds of distractions to deal with grief. That way, you, I really didn't even have time to really process it. You just moving, right. you just going through life. Life goes so fast. So, um, but there did come a time, I'm sure, where you had to, you had to process it in order to be where you are now and even be able to talk to us about it. I know there's a time you had to process it. So how was that process for you? Did you process it as each year went by and as you maybe saw him on Facebook or maybe the absence of him? How were you able to process process that? Because, I mean, we're not talking we're talking about a lifelong friend. So how were you able to process that? Yeah, for a long time, I just put it in my mind like, hey, it just is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't even trying to figure out what is was. I'm just, hey, it just yeah. is what it is. Clearly, we on two separate paths. God, I don't know what you're trying to do. I don't know what you're trying to reveal to me, but I'm not reaching out no more. Just like gotcha. I said, it was times when we reach out. Hey, we're going to meet, we're going to connect, we're going to do this. Every time it will fall through, some would always come up. And it wasn't on my end. So at that point, I just realized, you know what? Maybe it's just not meant to be. So I just processed it. Hey, it is what it is. It wasn't until I went and met a stepdad, which was probably what five years ago now, that I really got that closure. And that's when I knew, okay, this chapter's done. Close that page and flip the next page, and then just went from there. That's good. It is what it is, and that's pretty much saying, look, I don't have the answer, but I accept it. Whatever. It, I mean, I didn't do nothing wrong. They didn't do nothing wrong to me. It's just, it is what it is. And sometimes that just got to be stance on it. Yeah, that just got to be our stance on it. That's good. So if you, um, with this experience, what can you encourage um, the listeners with any type of grief, be it um, relationship or be it, family um be it um losing a loved one just grief period what can you encourage them with um today when it comes down to grieving and even when it comes down to going through the process of grief it's very simple man i've been using these two words all year long and i think you already know what it is keep going Uh it's just simple as that it sounds harsh especially grieving because the thing is, grieving, the, the whole cycle, it has, it has different stages. Like mm-hmm. you said, depression, mad, angry, upset, frustrated, whatever it might be. But the common denominator through all that is to keep going. Whatever your keep going looks like. You know, I always tell people, sometimes you might have to crawl in that season. Sometimes you might have to walk. Sometimes you might have to run, skip, jump. Whatever you got to do in order to keep going and going forward. It's all about progression. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's an inch or whether you're taking a mile, as long as you're moving forward, 
I think that's the most important thing, especially when you're dealing with the grief side, because the minute you stay complacent and stay at a standstill, I always say you're going to get run over. Mm. I say it all the time. If you're on the right, you could be on the right track, but if you just sit there, you are going to get ran over. Yeah. You have to move. You know, even if you sad, you got to, if you're crying, you still got to move. You got to wipe the tears and you just got to keep going. Or you ain't got to wipe the tears. Just keep going and let them drop. That's you got to keep going at the end of the day. That's, that's my whole thing because grief, the cycle, the cycle is going to go. It's, that's what it is. The cycle yeah. is continuous. So that's not going to stop. Right. So if that's not going to stop, then you definitely can't stop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Keep going. No matter what. Because you're right. It's inevitable. Grief is inevitable. It It's a part of life, actually. We got to. It is. There is no way to escape it. But like you said, we got to keep going. However that looks. Man, that's so good. Thank you, baby. Man keep going however it looks bro i thank you for hanging out with identity 139 <laughs> i appreciate no problem it. man i appreciate you having me on. you know Absolutely. this is my second time doing something like this the first time was really? with uh, our brother the messenger so really? man you know i'll be ducked off i won't be doing stuff like that. but I, i'm trying to come out my shell i mean i like it i enjoy it i creep on and i'll be looking at people's comments and tripping out but i'll be scared to comment especially scared to go live so too what? I appreciate you for having me on. You got a shell? You got a shell? <laughs> like a ninja <laughs> turtle. You got a shell. Well, since you didn't say it, I am. Y'all, yes, Famey really did. They're giving you uh, hand claps. He really did bless us. And I know you, you don't mind praying us out, do you? No, I don't mind at all. But before he prays us out, listen, he didn't mention it because he's humble. He's not going to. But I am. If you are not doing anything every second, I oh yeah, you weren't finna get on here and not say that. That's why I said you ain't got nothing else to say. You said nope. That's all right. I got it sewed up. Every second and fourth Sunday, he um purpose project swing through corner theater in Mesquite, Texas. Mesquite, Texas. They have a Facebook page, Purpose Project, Project with the K. K is to know. His theme is no God, no self, no purpose. Check it out. We've been being blessed since 7-11-2021. Trust me. They are naming it in the comments. All you got to do is click. It'll take you right to that page. They got gear. They got everything. But most importantly, they got God. They got the anointing. They have the word and they have the presence of the almighty and his love. So please, please, please. Y'all know. I mean, I know I, I don't gas people up. I hype people up. But I'm telling you, I ain't the only one. Look at all them hearts. I ain't speaking false. I'm speaking truth, speaking facts. So thank you again, Famey. Thank you again, bro. I appreciate it, man. This was some good stuff. Some good, good stuff. Keep going. If you will, bro, go ahead and uh, pray us out. All right. For everybody on the line, we'll bow your head and close your eyes unless you're driving, then you know better, as I always say. <laughs> but God, we just come to you as humbly as we know how, God. Just giving you all the adoration, God, praise, God, and glory, God, that's doing it to your name, God. I thank you for everybody, God, that's tapping to this line, God. I thank you for Tiffany, God, and what she's doing, God, through identity 139, God. Continue to touch her heart, her mind, body, and soul, God. Everything, God, that she puts her hand to, God, let her prosper, God. Everywhere that she treads, God, I already call it blessed, God. 
So we thank you for her, God. We thank you for our nonprofit organization, God. Understanding, God, that she sees the bigger picture, God, that is bigger than her, God. God, I just ask, God, that something, God, that was said, God, may touch the heart of your people, God, on this live, God. God, that you bless them, God, tenfold, God, that you bless them abundantly, God. Touch their hearts, God. Let them know, God, that it's not time just to survive, God, but it's time to thrive, God, in this season, God. And as always, God, we're going to give you the adoration and praise, God. You said if you be lifted up, you are the one, God, that will draw all men, God. Thank you for drawing us tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, bro. I'm going to let you tend to your family. It's quiet in your house, but I'm going to let you tend to your man, family. Man, I'm in the guest room. I, I literally had to duck off, man. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> now. They probably about to be down the door in a minute. <laughs> well, we love you, bro. We thank you. And until next time, peace, peace. All right. I love y'all too, man. Thank you, Pam. Absolutely. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye.